This episode of the Throwback Podcast is brought to you by Pettit, Mattis, Bruno the sponsor, and every single Patreoni at patreon.com slash throwbackpod. Hi, you guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castrone. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. How are you tonight? Oh, it's great to be back in the garage, Bob. It is. You know what? I love being in this garage. Every time I come back, it gets a little bit nicer. Mm. You're really doing some great, like, dad work in here. You know what this was? And... I believe you're referring to uh, my new shelving setup uh, where I have my uh, television and a Bose speaker uh, on the wall. It was a heat check. It was a dad heat check. Right. You know, I just turned 39 and um, I decided I wanted to put the TV. Was that was that an applause break? You just, you're like, I just turned 39 <laughs> and then you took a pause like you were waiting for everybody to start clapping. Uh, yes. And actually this might be our last episode before the crickets come back, Bob. So let's just enjoy the silence silence while we can can. Depeche mode style. But I decided I wanted to clear some room and and put the TV against the wall. So I did a dad heat check at 39 and I headed over to local Lowe's, you know, hopped on Venice, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, headed mm -hmm. east, um, and and went to Lowe's and, you know, there's about 400 different aisles. Now at 29, at 19, I walk into that Lowe's, I just freak out. I right. just I have a seizure no, on the floor. You piss yourself. I piss myself. Uh, I fart. Some poop comes out. It's a whole mess. It's all from the waist down. <laughs> just a lot of just mistakes are happening. But um, now as a father of two um, who rents his own home, uh, you know, I don't own it. <laughs> it's but, almost, you know, almost there. Almost there. Um, I decided to not be overwhelmed by the aisle situation. And I, I found where I needed to go. I went through about 7,000 shelving options. I found the right one mm-hmm. and then made the proper installation. That's a, you're a good dad. You're a 30, Progress. you're a 39 year old man. Happy birthday. That's, thank you. That's the kind of shit you do now. Now I'm like, uh, I'm five months into being 39 now. I think I'm finally ready to figure out like what my dad hobby is going to be. Mm. I've been like putting it off. Woodwork, you know? chess. Right. You know, the odds on favorite. Taking apart a radio, putting it back together. <laughs> I could see that. Or just going like Kevin Spacey, American Beauty, and just like doing pull-ups and smoking weed in the garage. Yeah. But most likely, I'm just going to start brewing my own beer. That feels like the right move for me. You know what? And I don't know, want to do knowing it. you as long as I have, that feels like a natural progression for you. If you were to tell me, oh, I started brewing my beer and I'm into it, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, it would make sense. It's yeah, it just feels like the kind of dad hobby where I could like just go into the garage, have my own thing for a few hours. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to like myself doing it. You know, like that's the right. part I worry. And about. then all your friends have to pretend to like the beer. I know if they don't. And there's that whole thing. So there's the a lot of negatives with associated people. with it. But at the same time, you can't hide who you are. And that's what's happening. All right. I like it. I like it. And um, I'm just glad that you're here, Bob. Me too. I mean, because I love you. Oh, wait, is that? I mean, do we want to get into what's going on at your house right now? My house is a goddamn disaster zone. <laughs> <laughs> My wife sent a threatening text to you. It wasn't even a joke. It was earlier today. Bob has some uh, various like 
Things that we haven't seen since Ellis Island. Well, no, it's been really... Is what's going on. There's whooping cough, <laughs> uh, pneumonia, well, lice. Well, you know what? Just because you fucking sheep are all vaccinating your kids doesn't mean we have to vaccinate. No, that's not. Don't even joke about that because people will think <laughs> no, that's No, I'm okay. kidding. I'm kidding. No, we've just had... We've had a rough go. My little guy got pneumonia. Mm. We've just been... Everybody's been sick. It's just been rough. Well, is the little guy okay? He's okay. He, no, he's going to be okay, but... There's been pneumonia and then Nicholas got sick and it's just been one thing after the other. I've been home. There was spring break. So I've just been home with kids. Uh, oh, that me, sounds terrible. It's been, well, you know, so a couple of weeks ago, me and uh, Jason Zumwalt, star of the Billy Joel podcast. If you haven't listened to it, don't. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, you know, if you, I would love, I would, I'd love to see the, the data of how many people. <laughs> hardcore Billy Joel fans that just love to ingest anything Billy Joel related, anything Joel related, uh, that the first time they ever heard our podcast was the Billy Joel podcast. <laughs> I'm sure there is somebody. I'm sure uh, Jason's curating is not going doing so hot on that. But anyway, Jason and I were in Phoenix uh, on a shoot together for a week. So I was like away for a week and working. And then when I came back, everything went to hell. And I've just been home for like a week with sick kids and I'm glad to be in the garage All right, good. drinking beer irresponsibly again. So thank you. And, and I'm I'm happy because um, this is Travis night here in the garage. And I don't know if um, this is going to do like gangbusters in the old metrics. But the when we came up with the idea of the throwback podcast, a big part of it was talking about the albums that were important to us when we were growing up that we loved. And we continue to love, and The Man Who by Travis is a special album for me, and you too, right, Bob? Very special, absolutely. This is, I think, when we were talking about doing this, probably in the very first conversation, one of the examples we gave of like, oh, what, what's a band we both love that would be fun to just like listen to an album that we haven't done in a while, haven't listened to in a while, and this was definitely one of the examples. And I still, I still listen to Travis to this day. They... The, the despite the fact and we're going to get into it all that they got kind of eclipsed by Coldplay uh, and became the big band that broke Coldplay became the big band that broke in America. The, uh, Travis definitely to me had the goods and it just it never happened for whatever reason. Maybe they were a little too humble, not quite ambitious enough. There's a lot of reasons p- perhaps uh, why it didn't quite happen. Maybe because his name is Fran. I mean, doesn't do any favors. Not a, not a lot of like super successful friends in our country. No, not here. Maybe over there, but not here. Um, but w- for whatever reason, they never really click. But in terms of when I think about, especially my college experience, because this album came out um, in 2000 um, here in the states, uh, one of the first bands I think about, Travis. Uh, in the in the there was Drek. All around us in terms of popular music at the turn of the uh, millennium. Uh, but there was, if you look close enough, especially overseas, there was a lot of great music to be found. And I'm sure that's probably the case now, too. But now we're too old. Right. But yeah. when we were 20, like you just you had more of a pipeline to discover things. And Travis was one of those discoveries. You got yeah, to spend your free time now going up and down the aisles at Lowe's. You're not sitting around Is trying he? to discover new you music know how many from... Fucking aisles there are in a, a average Lowe's. 
3,004. <laughs> that is exactly yeah, it. Yeah, it's insane. It was the aisle, I, I shit you not, I, I knew I was in the right area, and I wasn't quite certain, but I said, I'm looking for shelving, and I was in aisle 37, and he said, oh, that's aisle 40A. <laughs> that's so many so many numbers and letters. Anyway, so we're going to go through um, all of The Man Who by Travis, but before we do that, Bob, a couple things. First of all, Patreon.com slash throwback. Um, slash throwback pod. Throwback pod. If you want to contribute to keep this show alive, to keep me from burning down the garage, which will. I mean, if you don't contribute to the show and I do follow through on my threat, nay, promise to burn this rented garage to the ground, not only will uh, it will affect my um, living status because I'll be evicted, I imagine. It would be a massive shame after you hung those shelves. Oh my god, the shelving! Well, I take the shelving out <laughs> before you uninstall the shelving. It's a very well TV thought out, out arson. Okay, good. Um, uh, it would also lead to marriage problems for me. It would <clears throat> it would make our podcast Throwback Pod homeless, and we'll probably end the podcast because I'll burn all the equipment, uh, and that would affect Bob and I's relationship. There's a lot riding on, is what I'm saying. Patreon.com/slash Throwback Pod yeah. and your support. So you're you're saving the shelves, but not the podcast equipment. That says a lot. It, <laughs> it says a lot about you and us and everything. So much. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, there's that. Uh, contribute to the Throwback Pod, and then thank uh, you, and thank you to everybody who does. Yes, yeah. you guys are awesome. Especially our top tier, not especially, but including our top tier. No, especially, especially right. Bruno the sponsor, and of course Pettit and Mattis. Yeah, love those guys. Um, but the other thing we do before we get into the album, we we go back in time and find what was the number one single. And this one's a little bit tricky because Travis never sniffed the Billboard charts here in the U.S., but what we're going to do is just to give you an idea of what was hot, what was big, what was popular uh, here in America Well, when Travis came out here. Well, before Travis came out here, the actual the album premiered, the album debuted on May 24th, 1999 overseas, the same month that The Ego Has Landed by Robbie Williams oh, came out here. So, you know, we were doing okay on this side of the pond. Oh, we were doing great. <laughs> we're never, some would say never better. Well, so we got Robbie Williams. The same month that this album came out. In we the got UK. Travis. This is also the same year Parachutes by Coldplay came out. Um, Star Sailor, too. Was that Star Sailor thing? came out, I think, in 2001. Okay. And, uh, and of course, Standing on the Shoulder of Giants, the greatest Oasis album. Of so course. you had a lot of stuff to choose from. But since we're Americans, we have to jump forward to April 4th, 2000 mm. is when the man who came out over here uh, the same month, Dan, you might be interested in knowing this, the same month that Metallica filed its lawsuit against Napster. Those fucking assholes. We've talked about this and many And Lars, times. you son of a bitch, I don't even like your music. And what happens? I download one fucking song off your Reload album. Nice title, by the way. Um, Fuel. And I, good song. Good song. Banger. Good song. It's a banger. Good it is song. what it is. So I had a, a library of 1,000 songs in Napster. I had one Metallica song. That lumps me in with your bullshit, and I get banned from Napster. <laughs> that is grade A bullshit. That one sticks to the ribs Nin to this day. 19 years later, still hurts. But the number one song in America when Dan was getting sued by Lars Ulrich. And by the way, where is that? Where's that lawsuit, Lars? <laughs> like, what? What was that for? Because it certainly 
if you want to talk about all-time misfires, like PR misfires. Yeah, it was a big mistake. The band never recovered Metallica. They always, that sticks to them like a scarlet letter that they sued their fans, essentially. Yep. And I have not been served any papers yet. I'm waiting, and I'm ready, and I, I am 39. I am a man. I'm a 39-year-old man. I will get it? a lawyer. Are you going to fight it? I'll get a goddamn lawyer. And we'll see if Lars's case stands up. <laughs> the number one song in America. I have nothing to add to that. We'll see if it stands up, Lars, because I'll have a man next to me in a suit. In a suitcase. No, a briefcase. I don't know law. It won't be a suitcase. We'll have so many documents to fight the cause. Fight the power. So this was, of course, uh, Santana's like insanely successful comeback album, Supernatural. Mm-hmm. It was the single after the Rob Thomas song, Smooth. Yep. And this is a nice guitar part. I that's nice. Yeah. Um, he could have took a dump in a box and sent it to radio stations, and they would have found a way to format that and yeah. play it and turn it into a hit. All, this d- just all a- dumps in the box all the time here on <laughs> Q102. It just so happened to be this was the song, which is it's a perfectly fine song. But it, he was the album was so on fire that I believe this was the number one song. Right? It's huge. You said yeah. one, right? Number yeah. one. This was it. With uh, who is this featuring? It's one of those weird um, uh, featuring artists that you never hear of ever again, and society completely forgets them. It is the product G. Ambersand B, G and B, <laughs> and they made you sound out Ampersand. Yeah, that was a that was a bad choice by those guys. <clears throat> so they had their moment, and so I hope they got some royalties. Well, they were this. they were like Wyclef guys, right? Because like, Wyclef's in the background. On this, yeah, right? Wyclef has his fingers in here. I think he's playing guitar too. So this is another appearance. Wait, by you Wyclef. can have <laughs> Carlos Santana playing guitar over the entire song, but you actually give some of the song over to Wyclef. Yeah, he does have Wyclef strum a little rhythm guitar. I'm just happy. I'm just happy Clef is back on the pod. Many people said it would never happen after the uh, <laughs> the mistake of the Carnival album that we did. Because we did that, and we also hit the rock song, right? We've definitely talked about the rock song. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Which kind of basically covers Wyckoff's entire solo career, more or less. Yeah, that's about it. Anyway, so there you go. That was the number. So this one is song. the world we were living in. When Travis finally made it here in the States. One question I would have for, and maybe like a a Pinfield might know this, Ah Dave Holmes, maybe someone in that realm, some real you know pop culture uh, connoisseur of the era. What was the third single off Supernatural? Was it that one with Vanessa Carlton? Fuck you, Bob. That was the lead single of the follow-up follow-up album okay god damn you know how would you i mean where do you get off saying that that is the third single listen i'm just a podcaster who's about to brew his own beer i'm no matt pinfield (laughs) 
The answer is I don't think they even put it out. They just said, you know, they what? were like, we're we're out after two. Come on. It's like we, you know <laughs> what, we. We didn't think we were going to sell 77 million copies. <laughs> That's what they, and like, cash out now. Like, yeah. let's, let's go to Cabo. Carlos is tired. Let's have a good time. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Here's an album that did not sell 77 million copies, uh, but is very near and dear to the Throwback Podcast. Let's get into it. Writing to reach you. Writing to reach you, Bob. Track one off the Man Who, who also the first single released off the Man Who, um, uh, released March eighth, nineteen ninety nine. Not a single here in the states. Um, great fucking song. Great song. Great, great fucking song. And I'm gonna make a grandiose statement that maybe I'll back down from, but I don't know if I can think of a better first line in an album that sets the tone, like. Every day I wake up and it's Sunday. Like mm. there's just something so poetic, and it just really just sets the table for what this album is. Yes, like and that's that's how this album feels. Like a Sunday morning where you're waking up, and it's like just everything that comes with that. And I think it was, you know, and this is a common thing in uh, uh, for a lot of bands that when you want to really you set the tone or announce what this album is going to be like. This was the first single. Their first album, Good Feeling, which is a really good album as well, it was a lot more, had a lot more traditional, like, Britpop rock sound to it. Right, it was rocking. And this was, like, much more kind of dreamy and woozy. And melodic, yeah. Melodic. And um, I love I love the line. I thought you were going to say the uh, What's a Wonder Wall anyway. Uh, which is another great line. Yeah, the radio's is, playing all the usual and What's a Wonder Wall anyway. Which is balls because you're just asking Noel and Liam to come after you with that kind of line. Right. But also, and then on top of it, the bass line of this song is Wonderwall's bass line. That so I did not know. Like, I never uh, noticed that. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Um, so I love this song. It's a great way to kick off the album. And then there's a fun, um, about five years later, do you remember... At the peak, remember mashup culture when everything, like, remember how big mashup culture mm-hmm. was? There was the mashup of Writing to Reach You, Wonderwall, and Green, ba- Green Day's uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, which I had, I remember having on my iPod and playing all the time. Where did all those songs go? Because they don't exist. That, I mean, I guess they're on YouTube, maybe, if you look for them. They have to be on They have to YouTube. be somewhere, but they were on Napster. We had a lot of fun on Napster after you got sued off it. Yeah, what there happened? Was what lot, was it like? A lot of mashups, dude. You really missed out. Oh, you know what? Now that I think of it, because they didn't... When Lars and his cronies um, sued the working man, um, myself included, off Napster, they didn't do a, like an IP block. Because I believe I just signed up under a different account. I lost 
the files, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, but I didn't. Well, when you would download a song, you would actually have the physical MP3 yeah. on your system, right? Yep. So they couldn't take the songs away. They just took the platform. Right. Well, I mean, what a fuck. What an asshole. <laughs> Still move. not over it. Almost 20 years. So you didn't have a single Metallica song, I guess that means. I guess not. Or he just kind of liked me. I don't know. <laughs> Lars is like going through it. I was like, oh, Bob. He seems like a good guy. He's going to make beer one day. <laughs> I like beer. I like beer. Here's track two, The Fear, uh, an album track, not a single, that it continues to kind of set the tone that this was going to be a different Travis album. And uh, I think one of the reasons I love the love this album, and it's, by the way, chock full of uh, sleepy sex mix <laughs> standards, um, is that it just it's best listened to as an album. Right. Because it flows so well as an album and the fear flows very nicely uh, from writing to reach you into track three as you were. They just had it going on. N- uh, Nigel Goodrich, I believe, is the producer of this, uh, who's done a ton of huge albums, including Radiohead, some of their best work. Radiohead back. And yeah, I've, this always, for me, when you're in college and you're sleeping, we were sleeping right next to our giant desktop computers at the time. Right. Like your bed would just big be big towers. Yeah, it was like big these monitors, big fat monitors, big fucking fat monitors, and big, big pig monitors. <laughs> <laughs> and your bed would just be pressed right up against it. Right. This was uh, a sleep CD for me, absolutely. When it came out, where so you're coming around on the sleep sex mix. Probably. I don't remember ever. I don't think I've ever really sexed to Britpop. You know, not really my move. But this was perfect for sleeping for me. Well, you have to understand the sequencing of the Sleep Sex Mix. Now, this would not be track one through four. Right. This would be track 11 or 12 when, you know, me and my female lover, my acquaintance, uh, would be drifting away into a a state of rest. Euphoric rest? (laughs) Gross. It was so gross. (laughs) Um... All right. Yeah, this, this, you understand the sleep second. I understand so, it. Even though you act like for me, you don't get no, it. No, I get I get what you're doing. I still think you were lazy to not um to want to just fucking fall asleep to the same CD. 
I mean, because that's the other thing. You had to get up. And it wasn't <laughs> no, like you just, just reach over and grab your cell phone. Nope. There wasn't that. But you were right next to your gigantic fucking monitor. Your big fat mouse. Big dumb keyboard. Big stupid mouse pad <laughs> and your dumbass keyboard. Your big gray keyboard. And you were like, oh, got to have a f- cool mouse pad. Your big stupid screensaver, like the, um, <laughs> the remember the beach ball thing? It was just like bouncing. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, beach fuck ball. Fuck you. And then you had to put your password in, and then you had to do all this other stuff. <laughs> what's, the, what's the deal with computers? Nice. Nicely done. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right. Here we go. Track three. As you were. No, excuse me. As you are. Better. Oh, I like this one. Waking up again. I'm not like all the other boys. Since I was young, I had no choice. It's okay to leave me on. It's not much fun to be led on by such a this right here is what Travis does better than everybody. Coming up. This little bit coming up here. Keeps building. I mean, the secret weapon of the band is Fran Hilly's voice. So good. He's basically like a choir boy, and he looks like a choir boy. And then he can sing very softly like this and delicately, but then he has the ability to open it up and um, have that more traditional rock voice, and he, but he can get his register and get it way up. Right, he ramps it up. He's got an incredible voice. I saw their last U.S. tour was about five years ago now, uh, a double date with uh, Mark Sessler and myself and our wives, and we were right there up front because you know it's not hard to get up front at a Travis concert in, in this country in 2013. And um, his voice is as good as it ever this was. This is the part I was thinking. Oh, yeah. It's like a controlled yell where he's not like letting loose. It kind of fits with the song itself. And so Parachutes by Coldplay came out the same year and uh, Yellow kind of broke Coldplay in in the States, but not wide open. They weren't like a huge band until their next album came out. But I, I, I listened to this album and this to me just sounds like a more kind of mature, more nuanced album than even Parachutes. And I love Parachutes. Yeah. I just think they were... They, Travis were the real deal, man. They were. Oh, this part's good, too. Yeah, yeah I think, I think there, voice, was like a, there was like a Chris Martin quote where it's like talking about Travis where it's like, yeah, the reason that we're famous. Like he's giving them credit for like. As he should. As he should. Yeah. But I like that about it. Uh, our buddy Chris Martin. Right, because he, he didn't have to, give, to. Right, he was able to give credit because we know it and certain people know it, but not everybody knows Travis or knows that there probably wouldn't be a Coldplay without Travis. I feel like the, the kind of lazy um, drawing of lines to 
what was popular in the UK, which was at least what came over here was there was the Oasis and Blur stuff and all those Britpop great bands, um, your boys Pulp and all those great bands. And then Radiohead kind of took over. And then a lot of people draw a straight line from Radiohead to Coldplay. But to me, Travis was the, the in-between point for those two bands. And if you love Radiohead and or if you love Coldplay, there is just no way you wouldn't love Travis. Right. There's no way. And they, they were not a one-album wonder. They have a lot of... Um, um, good feeling. Their first album, this song, this album, obviously, I mean, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't love it. I absolutely adore their third album, which has probably my favorite Travis song, which is Sing, mm-hmm. um, The Invisible Band. And even their later albums, they have some um, really good stuff. Um, they've had a really nice run, uh, but nobody knows that. And they kind of just got erased by time. So that's why I'm happy Chris Martin, because he's a good dude from everything we hear about Chris Martin, is that he would go out of his way to, to give the credit to Travis that they really do deserve. Couldn't have said it any better myself, Dan. All right, let's play one of the... Thanks, Bob. Let's play one of the best I mean, Travis I, I, songs. I probably could have. I just don't want to. Yeah, I think. it's yeah. getting late. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. What's not to like? I mean, seriously. What's uh, not to like about this? This was the second single taken from The Man Who. Uh, at that point, it was their biggest single, peaking at number 13 on the UK single singles chart, not a US release. Driftwood. This is kind of like Travis in their comfort zone, what they do best. Yeah, they chime have, guitar, his voice, great melody. They have a handful of songs I would consider like top tier songs, and this is in there. They kind of do this perfectly. Where it's this and sing that you mentioned before. I think writing to reach you. We're gonna hit a couple more songs on this album. They're just so good. They're just consistent and good. And I know some of their later albums, neither of us really responded to in full. But like you said, you could still find songs off there that are better than a lot of songs out there. Ooh, this is great. The cor- the chorus came about while I was watching an episode of Cheers, Fran Hitley says. The episode involved an employee overhearing their boss stating that he was going to get rid of the, quote, driftwood in the company. I then went to do the washing up, and the first line in the chorus just came to me. How about that? I like that. How about the idea that some dude from Scotland... Fran Haley could watch an old episode of Cheers and think up the first line of a beloved 
Brit pop song. Small world, Bob. Small. You know what, Dan? You're right. You know what? The internet just makes it feel even smaller. Kill me. Kill me right now. <laughs> yeah. Bob, internet, good or bad? TBD, bro. All right. That's the right answer. Uh, Bob, internet, has it helped or hurt humans to this point? <laughs> helped? Okay. Um, talking about this style of song, though, you, you mentioned their first album, Good Feelings. That is a way different sound than this. Like, totally different. If you're listening to this podcast and this is doing nothing for you because you're like, I like music that sounds more like 90s Brit, like mid 90s, like Weezery kind of pavement stuff. That's more like their first album, like early Blur. Yes. It's uh, a little. I mean, it's you can't really call it hard, but it's definitely but, I mean, harder. If than you this. if you're listening to this episode and you hate it. You probably just, you know, yeah, there's no Travis album that's probably going to save the day, well, but it is different. There's a sure. problem, though, like, because you want to listen to a podcast. There are, there's like three other podcasts out there. Oh, so they're really? kind of stuck listening to us. See, that's why I asked the internet thing because I don't know anything about no, no, it. No, no, no. There's our podcast. There's that other one you do about the, the, the American football. American football, yeah. And then, and there's one about like cats. And that's Around it. Around the American football podcast. That's is what, what it's we called, call it. right? Yeah. yeah. I got to listen to that at some point. It sounds it's fascinating. It's fine. It's, you know, it is what it is. It's, I would say it's fine. Okay, That fine. would be the review I would give it. Two stars. All right, here we go. Track five, The Last of the Laughter. Let's listen in. Just an angelic voice. I think Tran Hill, uh, Tran Train Healy. Healy. I think Fran Healy, you know. Trans Healy would be a great drag queen name <laughs> if you're in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it was. Um, you think Fran Fox? Yeah, Fran Fox. I mean, now he's older he's and gotta, he's got just, family just, and stuff, but I'm talking... Yeah, man who era Fran. Yeah, man who... As long as, as long as the girl was cool with his name being Fran. I think that was really the big obstacle. You think he you like used another name? Probably. Like at a bar? Trans Healy. Like, I'm Chuck. Chuck Healy. I'm Chuck. I'm Chuck. How's your Scottish accent? I never attempted one in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> I've never. You haven't done a lot of voice work. I, I find in in my years as your friend, I'm trying to think of uh, voice work you've done. Not really bits, my... accents. Mm -hmm. Not really your Ballywick. No, I think I have a couple. I, I can't remember them because it's been a long time since you I had done a great it. Cartman. I remember. I did a really good Cartman. You You're right. Cartman for us. Oh, man, it's been about 20 years since I've tried Come it. Come on, dude. Nope, you can't do <laughs> it. gonna do it. I just tried. You should have seen sat, him. I he, sat back. He, he's trying to talk himself into it. He needed one more beer, and he didn't have it in him. Yeah, I need one more beer. I'll try one later. Also, another move could be you could hit us with a surprise Cartman at some point. I'll do that, and it's not going to sound anything like Cartman, <laughs> and it's going to be bad. Uh, that song's fine. It's it's good of a, you know, of a larger piece. But if I am making... Let's say a Travis playlist. Last of the Laughter doesn't make it for me. Right. Would you call it mid-album filler on The Man Who? Um, as far it. as this goes, I'll yes. Yeah. I would probably say that is a f mostly forgettable song. Yeah, it but, does not do a lot. But I will also say it sets um, the stage for the best... Oh, there's some really good ones on that first album. All I want to do is rock. When I talk about... When we talk about like... Putting the lighter in the air, Travis. Good, mm -hmm. like, rock and Travis. Um, 
this would probably be my pick. If I wanted to listen to one song in a live setting where I know you want to sing along to the chorus, best chorus sing-along okay. of any Travis album or song, here it comes. Okay. Here it comes, Bob. Agree or disagree, Bob? I think I agree. I think you did it. I mean, you want to talk about a sing-along chorus. I want to see what people saw. I want to feel like I felt before. I like to see the kingdom come. I want to feel for Now listen to the pleading in his voice in this bridge. Not many people can be this expressive as singers. I love this man. I don't care if his name's Fran. machine go anywhere in time probably go to like glastonbury like 99 when like it, to be in the field while i played the song mm-hmm. that would be it then like maybe kill hitler and stop 9-11 do all that other stuff mm-hmm. first stop though glastonbury glastonbury 99 turn yeah i'm with you yeah how great would that be it's like Stop Hitler. Right, right. You got to do that. Um, stop Lee Harvey Oswald. So much work. All those other, you know what? All those other trips, a lot of work. Stop this, Bin Laden. This is purely for fun. I can't disagree. And there are artists that I love more uh, than Travis. But in terms of what that vibe must have been like, I'm yeah. with you, Bob. Here it comes again. I don't have um, I don't have like many life regrets outside of pretty much every choice I made in my 20s and 30s but if I could oh do anything Lots to unpack there but go keep going do anything different would have loved to have gone to one of those like big British music festivals back in that like, would have been cool back in our early 20s like how I, I have no idea like what that experience you know what would have been you know like what else, Bob? we could have I know and that's the thing we could have you, when did you move to Brooklyn? When did you move out? 22. Right after college? Yeah, right after. Okay. I didn't move out for like another year. What we should have just done 
stayed at home for another year and used all the money right. at our shitty paying jobs yeah. to do fun shit like that. Just once. You didn't have to like live. Like, I, didn't, I didn't need to go backpack in Europe for like six months of my life. But like no. fly out there for a week. Go to Glastonbury or uh, the other one. Um, 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 I don't know. Who cares? Glastonbury. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the other one. Yeah. We would have done both of those. Could have done it. Bonnarumers, man. We could have gone there. <laughs> Forget about Bonnaroo. I wanted to go to like one of those British festivals. Right. Where it's like Oasis. And, and we, we have the flag. We're, we got the flag flying. And like we're the doing Foo the Fighters thing. are there. And we're like, America. And they're Foo, like, America. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I, it should be mentioned, Bob, because uh, since we were talking about Napster and fuck you, Lars, send me your paperwork because I'm going to have He's a man fight it. He's in a, man a suit. Now. Next he's a man to me. now. He's got shelves. He's fighting you. He's going to have a strong jawline. Absolutely. Big hands. He'll be over six feet tall. Whoa. Napster, uh, as I was falling in love with Travis, uh, what you would do then, you would go on Napster and you would search out live performances, mm-hmm. B-sides. And the B-side, Bob, of, of side... Was what? Do you recall? And no, it, I don't recall. I could guess. You'll never guess it in a million years. Hit me, baby, one more time. You guessed it. You fucking guessed it. Boom. Fuck you, Lars. Fuck you, Lars. But you didn't think he'd guess it. <laughs> Let's listen to that. so much fun seeking out b-sides like that it was just like what you would do on your computer you would just like go on napster and try to find songs like that yep and the other fun thing would be if you found let's say if i found um an oasis um b-side or not a b-side a demo mm-hmm. uh, and i'll remember one i'll always remember one called it's no crime that i loved it was a noel demo just him on guitar and then it showed up uh, four years later, five years later, as Let There Be Love on uh, Don't Believe the Truth. And I was like, shit. Like, I know this song. This you feel like you're part of the creative process yeah, yeah, of yeah. it. It was that It was that kind of great like inside baseball type stuff. Um, but that the other thing about that song, it, it seems like it's just a, uh, you know, a funny, quirky pop culture cover of a song. But also that works so well. Because again, Fran had that voice, like such a vulnerable voice, and that song, like when you strip away the Britney of it, is such a great uh, 
song about just longing and it's a sad like kind of lonely song and for that's his wheelhouse so it worked perfectly and for i don't think it was like a preconceived thing you could tell they were just doing it live and it was fun but for a band that ended up leaving as little of a footprint here in the u.s as travis that helped i mean it helped that they had a song that kids were passing around where they're covering like the biggest pop song of the year yes all right now they didn't leave behind a big footprint but what was left all goes back to this song. Why Does It Always Rain On Me, their biggest hit by far, a top 10 hit on the UK singles chart, peaking at uh, number 10, peaked at number 11 in Australia, achieved success uh, elsewhere in Europe and North America. Australia, what are you doing that you have a song keeping this out of the top 10? Come on. I mean, UK, how about we get this thing to number one? Yeah, come on. What are we doing? better uh but this is this this is how i became aware of this band i'm sure you too bob like um it just was a song that was if you followed indie rock it was a song that just popped up and all of a sudden like whoa who are these guys i actually have a vhs bob it's funny how record labels would try to promote bands back in the day Mm -hmm. i think it was at tower records they were giving out it was a vhs a four minute the vhs tape of this video wow that's a big get at a tower records <laughs> i still have it it's probably at my parents uh my parents basement at this stage but i have i have that uh for posterity the video for this uh song it was a great part You'll like this, Bob. According to Wikipedia, when Travis began to perform this song at the 1999 Glastonbury Festival, after being sunny for several hours, it began to rain exactly when the first line was sung. I mean, come on. You don't want to be there for that? We should have been there. Time machine. Hitler, you can wait. We're going to Glastonbury. (laughs) Where are you going? (laughs) We'll be back. Take me down. He's just waiting for a time traveler to kill him. I guess I'll go back to work. (laughs) Like, wow, who's the real monster here? 
maybe maybe there has been time travel and nobody's killing Hitler because they just want to go have fun and it's just like all at time. Travis concerts Travis concerts in the mud yeah um, yeah this uh, Damashek at NFL always kills me for being a Travis fan and uh, this is the song he'll sing in a mocking manner because it's like and I get it if if you don't like certain you know this type of music can you sing it like Damashek in a mocking manner I want to hear what that sounds like uh, you can imagine Dave's voice singing it but if you're trying to um, come up with a song title for what would be quote unquote sad bastard music yeah why does it always rain on me it's perfect <laughs> it's the name of the song yeah but you but know what fuck, fuck it this is one of those songs <laughs> where like the first time I heard it I was like this is my new favorite song right now mm-hmm. like it just had that immediate impact of like this is doing everything in a song that I like it's just a nice song it is it's such a nice song okay so we're moving right along and we we played the um, hit me baby one more time b-side there after turn but in reality, on the album, it goes from turn into Why Does It Always Rain On Me, which is one of my favorite one-two punches. So you ruined it. Kind of. Kind of. But you know who really ruined it? Fucking Lars. <laughs> Piece of shit. All right, so here's um, here's a deep album cut uh, that, again, showed up on some sleep mixes for me. Uh, Love, L-U-V. Let's listen. I hope you don't smell that burp. I just, because it's not a good one. You smell that burp? I do smell it, yeah. I'm sorry. I hate when people do that. Oh, it's nasty. Ah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. That was great, dude. Still got it, bro. <laughs> Say something anti Semitic to Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> This is kind of a tough one to dig into on, in this format. Because, again, this this album has a lot of songs that fit in perfectly within this album. So then to pull it out and listen mm-hmm. to it, you know. But you get you get the idea. If, you, if, you're, if we're introducing you to The Man Who right now, by this point you understand what the kind of feel and vibe and tone right. of this album. It actually matches the um, cover, which is the four dudes hanging out in like a gray field with some like... I feel like it's out of focus. It's a little out of focus, yeah. and the snow is on the ground, but it's the type of snow where it, you know it's not nice snow. It's kind of old snow. Yeah. Um, not snow. Just to clarify, not the rapper from Canada. Not. The, no, it is actually him. Oh, it is. You said it's out of focus. Snow's there with this giant snow dick. <laughs> what was it? Twelve, 12 inches, inches of snow. Of snow. Yeah, yeah. Like his foot long snow dick. Okay. That's what they're standing on. And they're looking at his they're, snow cock. They're all standing on his big cock. <laughs> oh, they're standing on his flaccid penis? <laughs> it's pretty, you know, you... Well, it's flaccid because it's sad. If it was hard, it would be like a right. rock album. Yeah. Again, an example of Travis going under the radar that that didn't even make news. You would have thought. Four guys from Scotland standing on Snow's giant flaccid snow dick. Should have got them a Juno Award. All right, there you go. L-U-V. That's some sad bastard music, but you know what? I like it. I'm a sad bastard. Here we go. Penultimate track. Uh, Sort of. Sort of, yes. Well put, Bob. It's important to clarify because this is a 10-track album in theory. In theory, and we're going to get to why it's only in theory, but here is 
She's so strange. She's so strange. And she wore a black mustache. And she pilfered all the petty cash. She went to Birmingham. If you could have one, and I'm not saying Fran Healy's my choice. But if you could have one lead singer's or rock, pop, whatever voice, whose voice would you have? Talking like 90s, 2000s? Ever. Oh, ever? Yeah. It's too broad. I mean... The answer's Glenn Danzig. Glenn Danzig? Why Glenn Danzig? I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, he popped into my head. The mother guy? Yeah, the mother guy. <laughs> the way he's his mother. Freddie Mercury's an obvious it's choice. It's obvious. That's on the nose, but he has yeah. the best voice. Right. A great expressive voice. Uh, I would have Bono's voice just to piss you off. <laughs> I would kill you. I'm taking it. It's like, give it back to me. <laughs> um... Fran Healy, though, that'd be sneaky underrated. Great voice. Great like voice. you could, if it was like a, a fantasy draft, you can get that in like the ninth round oh, if you get Fran Healy's voice. Yeah, you can get a nineteenth round. Yeah, nobody's paying attention. Like, hey, everybody's sleeping on this one. <laughs> All right, she's so strange. I like this one. Another kind of woozy banger. I think I put this on a mixtape or two back in the day for a lady. So many of these songs. It's like a little negging. Mix. It's like she's so strange. Like you were negging? A little negging, yeah. I feel like that game, the book, The Game by this Neil is, this Strauss. This is before the game. This is negging. You invented negging? I invented negging, yeah. Do you want to tell the audience that hasn't read the game what negging is? Well, I think everybody at this point knows what negging is. Really? No, I don't think Maybe so. Maybe not. I don't know. Because um, it did work. I have to say, if you did it the right way, it did work. Yeah, it's where you just kind of, you're, it's the way guys like us would do it. It's kind of like a teasing of sorts where you're just kind of, I don't want to say insulting. It's like, you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> no, that sounds bad. That's, That's not, not negging. That's not negging. No, no. It would just be like, you're, whoa. It's like, oh, it's good to see everybody here. Well, almost everybody. Almost and everybody. And then you say, yeah. to the girl that you like the most. Right. That would be negging. Right. Neil Strauss taught us this. No, this is this predates it. I think Bob it taught us this. I taught you this. <laughs> The best, one of the best, like the most, like uh, 2007 things or 2006 things, whenever it was, would be being on the subway in New York and like all the guys that were reading the game. Which remember the book was very, um, mm-hmm. uh, you, it looked. I think it was almost like supposed to look like it was the Bible, to look like a Bible, yeah. So you knew exactly who was reading the game, and everybody was reading that book, right? That summer, whatever that summer was, was it 06 or? Oh seven. I was living in. I was living. I had just moved to the Lower East Side. It was oh five. I don't think that book could exist. Oh five oh six. Now, yeah. but then I then I say that 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 book would be deemed problematic. No, it was definitely problematic. But if it was released now, it'd probably be even more successful because it would be a major source of controversy. Right. Well, here's here's my defense of the game because I read it. We got it at work. I had it at VH1, and I read it. And for people that don't know, the game was written by right. a Rolling Stone. A writer Neil Strauss and an author. He also wrote the Motley Crue book, The Dirt, that just became a, a bad Netflix movie. Uh, but it was his story, his memoirs about 
uh, being a professional pickup artist and rising to it's, like the top well, of the it's field. It's fascinating because he went to go study this world of professional pickup artists, and in studying it, he became one. That's what it was, right? And that to this day fascinates me because he was Mystery, I believe his name was. No, no, Mystery was the guy that taught him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he just was like a nerdy writer who was learning it, and then he was started using the game. And this book is the story of that. And then happening. it kind of overtook his entire life. It became his entire life, which yeah. is fascinating to me. But the book is not like a how-to guide. However, when you're reading it, you're picking up all of these things that he's learning right. as he's learning it. So when you're done reading the book, or at least when we were done reading the book. At oh, it fills you with 26. a lot of, uh, it emboldens you with all this um, knowledge in a way. I read the book and then I gave it to my roommate, Brian. Oh, he wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. Also, he read it too. And right after we had both finished it, there was one night we walked to go get like a falafel and back and we got 11 phone numbers. (laughs) And it was just because it turned that, that sort of at the time seemingly like scary thing of like approaching a girl or just like talking to somebody you didn't know. It turned it into a, a game like, oh, this is fun. Like, go talk to a girl. Right. And it made it that for people like us. So because the whole thing was also is that you don't have to be like a super good looking guy. You don't have to be the smartest or the funniest guy in the room. You just need to be confident. That's what that book would have have taught. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was also a lot of negative stuff in there. Like neg girls, tell them they're fucking ugly and break down their self-esteem and then sleep with them. Like there was that (laughs) element too. There's that stuff too. Yeah. So it's not like the perfect book. I would actually... I don't know if anybody actually still owns that book, but it would be funny to revisit it now to see how it holds up. Yes. There was one, um, my final, the game story, is I was outside VH1 talking with Melissa Rausch from The Big Bang Theory, who was on Best Week Ever at the time, a friend of mine. We were oh, talking. Bob, you didn't need to. Uh, the, I, I, a friend no, of mine thing. It's important thing, to it's say like, that because it wasn't like... It but it's clear what you're doing, Bob. No, I want to give and the context. it's inappropriate I want to give the, the context of what happened is we were just talking right in front of the building and a guy came. Because you were friends. Because we were friends. It yes. wasn't like a thing. And a guy came up to us and goes, hey, right, like right to her and goes, oh my God, did you just see there were two guys fighting over there? <laughs> and I looked at him and I went, I'm sorry, excuse me, are you doing the game on her? And he looked at me like he, didn't, he just realized I was there and he ran away. <laughs> Because like that was one of those the game things was like go up to a girl and be like did you see start that the thing? Con- it doesn't start- matter what the conversation right. just start the just conversation. be interesting and get her involved in an interesting conversation. It was incredible. <laughs> Men are such idiots. We're idiots. All right, here we go. Here is the quote unquote final track on the man who slideshow. Uh, which I like. I love moves when they tie up the first track with the last track lyrically or in some way and they do that on this let's listen
very pretty. Fran Healy's voice with some tasteful strings and a nice acoustic guitar. Tasty. Tasty. Does it every time. Give it to me. All right, so. Hey, Fran Healy, your voice isn't that good. Maybe you should take some voice lessons. I'm just kidding. You're great. <laughs> Nagged him. Got him. Nagged him. He's interested now. He's in. Yeah. Hey, Fran, did you see that fire down the street? <laughs> I don't know if anybody got out. Interesting conversation. You're in with Fran Healy. Uh, just three blocks away from where that happened, one of my greatest regrets of all time, not just like the Glastonbury regret, another regret right. involving Travis. Was, was that you were hanging out with the Indian guy from Big Bang Theory and Johnny Galecki. Good friends And you guys are high-fiving each other and slugging brewskis. And what happened next? All of my regrets involved the Big Bang Theory. No. Um, I was walking by a hotel. And who steps out of this hotel in Midtown? Travis. This was like what? Two, 2004, five-ish. And they were standing there like waiting for a cab or whatever. They were like, I recognized Fran immediately. And I was like, oh, my God, that's fucking Travis. I think they were doing Letterman because Letterman was right there. And I did like two pass bys. And I was a like, double pass by double pass by. And I was like, I should say something. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to bother them. In retrospect, should have said something. They were in New York. How many people were recognizing Travis at the time? You should have done it. I should have said something. You I should have said like, it. hey, big fan. And I know that doesn't like result in much for anybody involved. But like I should have done it. And then you have that memory. Right. They don't they never think about it, but it completely changes and reframes that memory from one of regret right. to one of, oh, yeah, I bumped into Travis and, and told him I was a big fan. And they said, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, that would changes been a, everything. Your the, whole life would be that's different. That's the entire memory. But yes, it would have been a completely different thing. Instead, your life is a fucking train wreck. Oh, my God. Because of that. Fuck. All right. Time machine Glastonbury. This well, is first, Mr. Destiny shit, dude. I'm still going back to Glastonbury first. Then I'm fixing my life by saying hi to Travis. I always saw you as a James Belushi type. And now it all makes more sense. I've always seen you as like a dead Jim Belushi. <laughs> Wait, what was I? No, John. Bel- who's dead? I, I meant to say John. John's dead. Yeah. You're James Belushi, Mr. Destiny, Destiny, Linda Hamilton. Right. Strikes out, doesn't hit it into the lights That's for me. the game-winning home run, and you're, everything's fucked. You're John Belushi now. <laughs> worm feed. <laughs> Old worm feed Belushi. All right, here we go. So we said that uh, Slideshow is the last song on The Man Who, but it is not. Uh, in the era of hidden tracks... Uh, Travis decided to add not one, not two, but three songs uh, to the back end of Slideshow's Hidden Tracks. But what what made it special, uh, Bob, and we both are in lockstep on this, is that two of the songs, one's kind of a throwaway, mm-hmm. fine, whatever, forgettable, like kind of acoustic song. The other two songs are go rank right up with there with some of their best songs period yeah which feels like a and one on one hand a missed opportunity and on the other hand kind of like a badass move that makes this album unique i would want to you know what that's what i would go back and ask ask fran in front of that hotel uh, why why three hidden tracks uh, what was the thought process well, behind it i want to know i just if you want to framed know. it that way hey hey asshole why three <laughs> See, all right, that would not have worked. You don't think so? But if you would have said, "Hey, Blue Flashing Light," which is this song, and "20," which is the song we're going to hear next, are two of my favorite songs. I can't believe that they were hidden tracks. Mm. 
he would have said, Crikey! <laughs> nice. Saturday evening, a quarter of five, I would see him arrive at the door. Like, it's like an orange on a toothpick. Oh, wow. Okay, I have a take, Bob. Yeah, I already have an answer. Um, all right. Well, with, I'm, I don't have a question. I have a take. I, you want uh, me to ask a question? No, no. I have the answer as to why this isn't part of the 10 tracks on the album. Okay, that wasn't it. But okay. go ahead. You give me that. Oh, it doesn't fit. And that's funny because my, my what my statement is, yes, it may not fit, but maybe... This could have been on the album, and you could have found a way to put it in and not mess up the sequencing, which would have been tough. But it would have given, thrown a bone to the people that loved that first album and wished that this version of the band was involved. But I think that's exactly what they're doing by putting it in the hidden track. They're like, here's our yeah. 10 tracks that are an album, and here are three more songs that we want to include but don't fit in those 10. So this is for you. This is a song we like, but it doesn't fit in what we want the man who to be. You're probably right. If only I would have asked him. He could have confirmed that. God, Bob, what a missed opportunity. Sliding door shit, dude. Now, I have an interesting little uh, realization right now, Bob. That Sliding Doors is the, one of the most referenced movies that nobody's really seen? <laughs> yes. I've never seen it. No, me neither, but we talk about it. <clears throat> um, okay, so that's Blue Flashing Light. like it a lot. At least on Apple Music, that is where the hidden track ends. Ooh. It is 10 minutes, and it cuts after Blue Fashion Light. You have mm. to check Spotify. It could be a major win. Spotify has taken some L's recently, especially with our playlists, some things that have not been accessible. If you have the other two songs, I don't. But what I do have, Bob, is YouTube. So I know after Blue Flashing Light comes a hidden track, that was, you know, no one knew the titles of the songs. No. But eventually, once again, through Napster, you learn that the hidden track was called 20. And here it is. Sure, it's a gas stuck in an can't even dream So it's hard to accept the role you're given When you're sitting there staring at the ceiling Wishing you were so very far from here When you're 13 Spotify is the same. 
Same deal. However, I do want to say the universe is telling us something, dude. What? Because tonight, the night we're recording this episode. Yes. Travis has released the Why Does It Always Rain On Me live at Glastonbury 1999. What? Single. What? Yes. And this is the 20-year anniversary of the album. This month, 20 years ago. Oh, my God, Bob. So you're welcome, world. We've we've willed this. We did this. We did this. Uh, Thank you for believing in us, and you're welcome. All right, and I have, through research, Bob, more information. Breaking news. So this song, (laughs) 20, which, by the way, showed up on um, a mixtape I made for a girl that I was in love with in college and uh it was there was a lot of like similar songs on the tape and when she finally you know i got her feedback which is the most important part of Mm -hmm. the whole process the validation yeah her response was mixtape is really sad (laughs) (laughs) well she nailed it um (laughs) but anyway this actually was the hidden track on the american release it was a b-side on the all i want to do is rock Single from the previous album. Oh, interesting. So what they did, and what they did, and and the same thing happened with Robbie Williams, where they basically made a best of for the American release uh-huh. of what he had done to that point. They said, "Oh, here's some like, you know, bangers from the first album. Let's put it on as a hidden track. Makes a little bit more sense. That does make a lot. It also of sense. blows up your whole bullshit with blue flashing light. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> are you are you nagging me? <laughs> I am." It's I want to fuck you. It's no, working. you might be right, actually. The blue flashing light, it's possible that that was also a hidden track on the European version, but we'll never know because I'm not doing any more research. Nope, done. That's, that's enough. Done. We've done enough. Um, okay. <clears throat> but I, we talked over 20 a lot, but I really I think that's a pretty song, and I like it a lot. It is. I would agree. Okay. Bob, it is time now to add uh, the next song to our Spotify playlist. Um, uh, we pick one song. Off every album we talk about, one song from every countdown we do, uh, and we add it to the playlist. And it is now time to add Travis, which I'm very excited about. It will, you know, I listened to the. I was, uh, I was at home over the weekend. The NFL draft had ended on Saturday, and I was. Um, that's a nice. That's a nice little moment if you work for the NFL because it's the season. Really is. August <laughs> through <laughs> August through the draft, and then you get to kind of exhale a little bit. Right. So I just was getting drink. I was just getting drunk all weekend at the house. That's beautiful. Just you know, I wasn't even drinking with anybody. I was home with a boy with pneumonia. <laughs> I was drunk. I was barbecuing, Bob. I was doing like house. You know, I was doing little projects around the house. I was doing my thing and enjoying myself. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. Yes. Yes. Shit. Now yes. you'll never know. Fucking nailed it. So happy you're not going to know. This is your say. fault. I'm so happy about this. This is your fault because I had yeah, something to yeah, say. Yeah, did it. Oh, no, it's back. God damn it. I put on, uh, while I was doing different things and drinking heavily, I put on our playlist and hit shuffle. Mm-hmm. And Oh, what a collection. Bob. Yeah, we're really killing it with this playlist. What a collection. It's doing great. I mean, even the Lifehouse song has a place, you know? It it's fits just, in yeah. a weird way. It's a great song to get fingered to, like Nikki said. Uh, true. I don't know if you were getting fingered, but if you were, that's the perfect song to do it to. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so let's pick a song, Bob. I have one in mind, and I'm going to throw to you to see what you say. 
because there's so many good songs on The Man Who that I'd be fine with a host of them, but maybe we'll be on the same page. What do you got, Bob? Well, before we pick, I want to say I'm glad that you didn't throw out the question you do at the end of some of these albums where you say, pick a song off another album by this band, because I think I want to do The Invisible the, uh, Invisible, the Invisible Band, band. At some point. Yeah. Okay, so, we will. Until we find out this is the lowest downloaded episode we've ever done. Don't care. Don't care. You're right. Who cares? Who cares? All right. We will do the Invisible Band. Yeah. Everybody listening is listening. They're in on it. Everybody who didn't click on it, fuck those people. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? If if you know somebody, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a friend who skipped this episode, tell them to go fuck themselves to death. I thought you were going to do that. Yeah. See, and the violence of it all, it just (laughs) felt... Hyper unnecessary. Oh, no. Here's what you do. Send them an invite into no, no, the garage. No, 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 no. Stop it. Come to the garage. Stop it. We'll be outside. We'll light the fucking thing on yeah. fire. Okay. Okay. Pull it together, Bob, and Sorry. give me your pick. Sorry. I'm going to throw out a few options. Okay. And if the second you say the one that's in my mind, that will be the sign that that's the choice. I'm going to throw out writing to reach you. I'm going to throw out driftwood. Okay. I'm going to throw out turn. That's it. It's the right answer. You threw it out there. I was going to throw out Why Do You Always Rain On Me Too, but this is the one I thought was going to be the one. Uh, this, I feel like this one, there's no such thing as a two on the nose Travis Exactly, song. yeah, yeah. So we could have done Why Does It Always Rain On Me, but turn, that's us and at Glastonbury, 20, oh, 21, 19, 20, 20 years, years old, in the prime of our lives. <laughs> Soaking it up as the rain comes down. Hitler's still doing what Hitler's doing. Hitler's got to do what Hitler's got to do. Because we're not going back there until we're done with this performance. We'll take care of that. We're going to get to that. I mean, we plan on it. But first... It's, on our, it's definitely on our to-do list. First, we need to listen to 90 minutes of dreamy <laughs> post-British pop. Surrounded by British babes of 1999. Hot babes everywhere. <laughs> neg them like crazy. Neg them ahead of, ahead of our time. Then we'll neg Hitler. We're going to neg Hitler. Hard. That's going to really fuck with them. All right. Follow us on Twitter at ThrowbackPod. Follow us on Instagram at ThrowbackPod. Also, if you want to email Bob about a horrific childhood trauma and you've just been looking for an outlet and you don't feel comfortable talking to somebody in person, well, Bob will talk to you on the internet. TheThrowbackPod at Gmail. Dan kids about it, but I've saved 11 11 lives so far. And yes, Patreon.com slash ThrowbackPod if you want to support the show. Uh, you guys keep this show going, uh, and we love you for it. So anybody that wants to help out and enjoys what we're doing, even if it's a little-known um, Scottish band here stateside, and you liked it, it's like, oh, wow, I don't even know these guys, and I had a fun time listening. Well, guess what? Give us some fucking money then. <laughs> Wait a minute. That was so nice until the end. Um, no, I'm happy because I love how we've had a lot of people email or tweet us that they didn't know Pete Yorn. People from um, England, Europe, they've been like, I didn't know Pete Yorn until you guys played it. I'm hoping we have that same effect okay. on the U.S. folk with Travis. Okay. And you know what? If, if, if one, I've said this before, but I truly believe it because this is a little humble passion project of ours. If we can introduce one person mm-hmm. to the man who. We did it. Success. Success. All right. We'll be back next week, so make sure... You come on back. Uh, but until then, uh, thank you for listening to the Throwback yeah, you Podcast. Know you know what? I don't even really want you to come back, so maybe don't. I'm just kidding. I want you to come back. You nag you. <laughs>